0: Welcome to Season 4 of White Shores, the podcast for spiritual beings having a human experience. Let me invite you to walk once more beside me on White Shores to talk about the real meaning of life. Let's discuss dreams, rituals, intuition, afterlife, angels and other infinite possibilities within and all around you. Season 1 featured interviews with some of the world's leading scientists researching consciousness, and season 2 and 3 built on that solid foundation by talking to authentic spiritual experts, authors and practitioners. And the bold theme of this season is truth, whatever that means. I hope every episode offers you much needed inspiration, meaning and comfort and perhaps even a little joy in these challenging times. So, now the scene is set, allow the grey rain curtain of this world to roll back and all to turn to silver glass. Let's walk barefoot together on the gentle glistening sands of white shores to see what magic Lies beyond the material. Thank you for arriving safely on White Shores, a far green country under a swift sunrise. My guest today is a beautiful gift and a wonderful surprise. He's consistently voted Best Psychic for over a decade now by Mountain Express readers in Asheville, North Carolina. And he's also frequently spotted by major media outlets such as the New York Times, the Huffington Post, ABC and NBC, and I could go on. But I hope his humble authenticity, despite these glowing endorsements, will touch you as deeply as he touched me. He clearly works from his heart and not his ego or his pocket he does what he does he says what he says because it is his vocation it is who he is because the experience and credentials he has as a spiritual consultant would give the likes of Jay Shetty a run for their money in this interview You'll hear him encourage us all to expand our spiritual broadband, sink our mind, body and spirit. I love that approach. He clearly channels from the source of love and wisdom and he's a perfect combination of practicality, truth, science, humility, honesty. But what I love best of all about him is he's enjoying himself. He has fun. He'll make your soul smile. I truly feel fun is the missing ingredient in many spiritual or new or now age approaches and teachings today. Indeed, in my latest title, The Truth About Angels, published by Hachette earlier this year, I speak about the importance of being light-hearted, And by that, I don't mean being jokey, chatty or irreverent. I mean not taking yourself too seriously. If the spiritual path you are on isn't filling you with joy, energising you, what is the point? And if a teacher or guide makes you feel heavy or burdened or that spiritual growth is very complicated... That's not a good sign at all. Remember, angels fly because they take themselves lightly. If you aren't enjoying your spiritual path, it's time to have a rethink course correct. And in the spirit of fun and following the light within and all around you that pervades this interview do stay tuned afterwards for a famous piece of classical music fun music in my humble opinion is the language angels speak it's where your right and left brain can waltz together in harmony because your logical brain is trying to make sense of the notes pick up patterns but your creative side of your brain is seeing visions, imagining, um, having experiences and feelings as you listen. I hope, as you listen to the piece at the end, that it really makes you want to chuckle and perhaps even get up and dance. It's a very well-known, famous piece of classical British music. (laughs) Meditation, you see, doesn't always have to be solemn the angels within and around you love to see you laugh the piece of music is played by my son and royal college of music scholar robert who joyously produces this podcast for you all this week and on that elevated note it's high time now to meet a true light-hearted and authentic spiritual guide stay tuned if you would like to find out more about my books – warning, I'm a serial spiritual writer – as well as my features, media, mission and talks, please do visit www.teresachung.com and subscribe to my newsletter for updates as well as free gifts and incredible stories to your inbox. If you have any questions, insights, or stories to share, please email me at my trusty angeltalk710 at aol.com email or message me via my author pages on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. I aim to reply to everyone in due course. Season 1 of White Chores can be found on the podcast page of my website and all seasons can be found wherever you download your podcasts. Be honoured and grateful if you could leave a review as it helps spread the word that spirit is real. Walking beside me today on White Shores is Charlie Kasdak, an acclaimed psychic, spiritual guide, and author. For over two decades and spanning six continents, now that sounds so expansive, Charlie has paired his intuitive gift with his passion for spiritual teaching. His down to earth visionary guidance goes to the heart of the matter, helping to reveal opportunities in our lives. His guidance is a unique composite of clairvoyance, life direction, spiritual insights, and medical intuition. And he's been featured in some very high profile places, including the New York Times, Huffington Post, ABC, and NBC. He's also an author. And his latest book has a delicious title, Expand Your Spiritual Bandwidth. I'm really looking forward to discussing that book with him. Hello, Charlie.
1: Hello, Teresa. It's wonderful <laughs> to connect with you here.
0: Oh, it's lovely. I I love your voice. I mean, that's why I like doing these podcasts, because I can't see people. Thank and, uh, you. <laughs> you are so, so calming. I'm sure that your meditations are much in demand. How are you, first of all? Thank
1: you. Thank you so much. I'm wonderful, actually. Yeah, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. How are you doing, Teresa?
0: All right. I mean, the world is a very confusing place at the moment, but um, we're all sure. trying to re- regroup in our in our own way. But for those who don't know Charlie, is it Castex? Did I pronounce that right?
1: Absolutely. Correct. Phew. It's Castex. You got it.
0: Castex. Lovely. Oh. That's a really interesting name. Actually, I'd like to know the background of that, if you could maybe... Is, wh- wh- where's that come from? That's interesting. But anyway, let's just focus sure. on you. For those who don't <laughs> sure. know you, those who don't know you, who are new to your work, um, please, can you just tell us your story?
1: My story in terms of my work and my trajectory, my path? Yes,
0: please. Yes, please.
1: Sure, sure. Um, yeah, for me, I consider myself a spiritual guide that is also uh, blessed to be clairvoyant. And uh, about 25 years ago, I started on a path where I was doing individual readings for people. And I found that in service with people, it just really expanded kind of exponentially uh, in all directions in terms of teaching programs that I put on called Evening of Spirit that were basically a type of sharing spiritually were based in empowerment, based in guiding people to embrace their own intuition and also to understand and receive more clarity in their life. So my journey has been both with individuals and also doing programs and internationally, different spiritual retreats. And uh, it's been a a fantastic uh, journey really uh, for people from all walks of life. And I consider the connection with people to be somewhat of a spiritual kind of triangle between myself and the individual in the divine
0: <laughs> wow i mean i'm just looking at your achievements and you're a key advisor for fortune 500 honored in the top 50 psychics in the usa a hey, wow right. charlie um and of course you were right. uh in, um, featured in the gift within us i spoke to the author right. of that and that if book. i if i may add mm. it's
1: been interesting um in the sense that i 've been blessed to approach my service um, certainly with the with the inclination to to want to help as many people as possible but i haven 't uh, in in this day and age of uh, kind of push and pull and paid interviews and all of that crazy stuff i 'm mm. very mm. proud to say that uh, it 's all been on my own terms and uh, a kind of um, unconscious sense of uh, lack of commerciality has has brought me into more of a mainstream uh, uh, recognition, which is a beautiful paradox. I remember doing, you know, sold out workshops and retreats, for instance, uh, and whether it was Italy or here in the States, and I'd be the only guy without a book or without a product or this (laughs) or that. And uh, and I'm not saying it was the smartest thing, but uh, to this day, um, I still get people that will will call and they'll, you know, they'll say, wow, well, how did you get in this book? Or how did you get in the times? And it's always been this beautiful confluence of recommendation and, uh, and reputation, which is uh, certainly very, very humbling. So it's been very sweet that the journey's been on my own terms. and And I haven't had to make any, not only major compromises, but no minor ones either.
0: Well, that's the the best way, in my opinion. I mean, you sound utterly authentic, mm. and what I'm in recent years trying to talk more about to my readers, um, you know, because I I don't work as an intuitive or psychic. I I write about it. I'm kind of a, like mm. a collator, a researcher, that's,
1: and uh, as a, I've
0: been saying, how disillusioned I've been in recent years to see the increasing commercialization and sure. of spirituality and how it's presented, especially with social media and just speaking to you, it's so refreshing. I'm looking at what you have done and Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's incredible, um, incredible achievements. And yet you're so humble and, 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 quietly spoken about it and and that's truly inspiring thank you i've also seen your voted best psychic in Asheville, north carolina i'd love that i that's i remember right. i visited uh <laughs> russia once and they have like psychic competitions and everything how does that work how oh. how are you voted best psychic do they give you tests or is it is it that's refined? such a, <laughs> that's
1: a that's a refreshing <laughs> question actually just, oh that's <laughs> great i know it's 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 a bit absurd really um
0: it's wonderful <laughs> uh, in, in the sense that
1: uh, there's there's no logical or rational way to to quantify a person's uh, psychic ability in comparison necessarily to another. But as far as the the best psychic polls went here in in my uh, hometown here of Asheville, North Carolina, in the states, interestingly enough, the, there's a publication called Mountain Express, uh, which is a, a bit has been a bit of an alternative weekly paper for several decades before alternative was really much of a concept in uh, media or journalism. And they would have uh, all sorts of curious categories and and the typical, you know, best massage therapist, best hairdresser. And I think that they just uh, came up with the idea of, well, let's look at best healer, for instance, and and some of these more abstract um, holistic categories. Somebody had was had the forward-thinking vision to place the category of best psychic. And um, again, it was really quite something because as long as they had the category, I had won over a, a decade. And so the way it works is they set up these categories and every year they have a poll for all sorts of, again, all sorts of services and businesses. And people send in their vote. And now, of course, these days it's electronic. Um, In recent years, they've retired the category Um, somewhat sad to say they it started to become a bit of a parody unto itself. And um, strangely enough, uh, when I had moved to Hawaii a few years back and, um, and I was voted best here in Nashville and uh, they made a kind of funny comment about it about the guy that, one, doesn't even live here, you know, but with no <laughs> reference to me having won for, you know, nearly a decade before it. So it, it kind of dissipated, but I think it was a really nice idea that um, the intuitive arts were represented in some way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it is. Um, but looking at your, your, your biography, um, it seems that from a very young age, you were aware that you had supernormal perceptions. Um, and it says around the age of ten, you had profound spiritual insights. Now, knowing most ten-year-olds, that's 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 really interesting to
1: right. know.
0: How did that? How did that come to you? That spiritual insight at ten? What was it?
1: In terms of being drawn to the spiritual,
0: was it that you were drawn to the spiritual, or did you have a, a dream, a vision, an intuitive hunch that came true? How, what What do you mean by at ten you became aware of your? Your spiritual perception
1: sure well it seems like i was blessed with a spiritual sensibility from the start um, i am something of a natural mystic uh, and um, within that I, w- I was drawn to an awareness that i couldn't really explain i couldn't uh, uh, i didn't have any conceptual framework for for instance um, even as an infant i remember having insights and perspectives on my parents' marital troubles, for instance. And I remember feeling a kind of attendant frustration that I couldn't express the, the perceptions that I was having. And um, from that point on, I, I was very solidly drawn to all things spiritual, basically like a bee to honey. <laughs> or <a> bee to... <laughs> so uh, it, it, it manifested in the sense of, for instance, of being very, very young, Again, um, even before I was 10 years of age and very single digits, um, I became obsessed with the concept of infinity. Somehow I had heard the word and, um, and I just couldn't wrap my head and heart around the sense of grokking infinity naturally. So the, the curious aspect is that I kept thinking and feeling about this abstraction called infinity until I started having moments where I could actually sense it. And it was, it was taken out of the abstract into an experiential realm. And um, the best frame of reference to describe that is that it, it was a mystical experience. And I had, yes, I had powerful and profound dreams um, being uh, that really defy explanation and in, in a lot of uh, <laughs> um, verbiage, but uh, yes, absolutely. I was having mystical experiences at a very young age and feeling connected and contacted um, by the divine I was an altar boy when I was very young and so I was drawn to the mysticism of the of the Catholic Church and everything from the the sense and the stained glass and um, the profound sense of sacredness and quiet or quietude that seemed to emanate from the atmosphere mm-hmm. and I found myself uh, in in my back bedroom as a child enacting masses for instance so that was a, a curious
0: well that's normal
1: <laughs> yeah right it's, it's so normal absolutely just like at 10 years of age at 10 years wow. old I decided I have to get serious about my spiritual path I was feeling like I was yeah. strangely enough behind and um, yeah as, as, as bizarre as that may seem it actually coincided with my father's death and it also coincided with this profound sense of being called to meaning. And um, Mm -hmm. I started studying the Bible and it just kind of went from there. And by the time I was a teenager, I was blessed to apprentice with a Native American medicine man for four years. And then after that, six years with a Lakota holy man. So I've had this very interesting juxtaposition of um, both Catholicism and religiosity, if you will, um, but also, indigenous cultures uh, in their wisdom and also um, more in in recent decades um, the influence of the East and particularly of the yoga culture.
0: Many paths and all beauty in them to to this this spiritual awareness that you have that's i'm Mm -hmm. so glad you mentioned that you you got some mentors and guides in your teens i mean when you were a child was there anyone you could talk to about these experiences or were you very much within you 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 had to deal with it yourself none of Mm. the adults were interested
1: Mm. great question that that is correct um they I didn't feel like they could understand even if I were to try to express what was happening. Um, but I have a suspicion that my father in particular could sense that I was, um, perhaps in a different wheelhouse and, (laughs) and extremely, um, imaginative and, um, curious and, um, very, and very drawn to, to reading and to words and then later to music. So I was a a very passionate child, and I think that that may have said something to do with that in the sense that there was a a heavy existential conflict within me when I was about seven or eight years old because I felt like I have to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. And so vocationally speaking, I felt this kind of uh, internal pressure. And the best I came up with that time was, well, I feel like I want to be either a scientist or a priest. <laughs> so, um, again, really unusual inclinations, I, I would suppose, for, for a young guy, um, for a little, both, uh, little both boy.
0: Vocation, both <laughs> vocational careers, aren't they? They're both about mm-hmm. high, uh, something higher. Um, and I, I think science and spirit are so close together, anyway.
1: Absolutely. Um, I concur. I concur. Just, so, so uh but to answer your question, you're correct, Teresa, I didn't really have any kind of formal guidance in terms of the mystical aspect of my life. Um so it was very, very internal. It was I was sort of like a monk without a monastery as a little boy. <laughs> so, a a m- yeah.
0: mystic in a material world and I'm sure there are lots of people listening right now who will really identify with that thank you for for expressing it so eloquently for us so moving on from your teenagers teenage years when you when did you first decide this is i'm going to this is going to be my living my my work mm. how did that happen i've I was very interested how psychics intuitive how it starts i mean did you have a, a a normal normal if any job's normal but you understand what I mean a non-spiritual oh, yes. job sure, yes. what, what, sure. what was that it's interesting you had one foot in the material world and the other in the spiritual. sure
1: mm-hmm. sure when when I was uh, a young uh, young man I was uh, I did all kinds of things I I worked uh, in installing custom wood fences with my cousin for summer or two I worked at a a company that was still to this day manufactures percussion instruments. And um, I I actually was on a trajectory of, uh, I thought I'd be either a priest or a scientist, but once I discovered music at 10 years of age, that was it. I only wanted to be a musician. Um, And I knew exactly what I wanted to do with my life, and and I became extremely dedicated. Um, So I did work around music and worked at a percussion factory, for instance. worked as a private estate gardener, I worked in organic gardens, I all sorts of different jobs. But I found that, especially when, by the time I started getting more connected to um, nature, for instance, and working in, in, in some sort of horticultural atmosphere, um, that I kept thinking about the exposure that I had when I was very young from my, my eldest sister, uh, Joanne, she had exposed me to the tarot and done a reading for me. And it left such an impact. Even just seeing the tarot cards, um, it, it quite literally uh, mystified me in that, in that literal sense. So um, they felt like a postcard to the future, seeing the the images. And that echoed back to me in my early 20s. Um, so on those jobs, on my breaks, I found I would start studying tarot books. And uh, I kind of put a number of tarot books through the blender, so to speak. And I found I was so fascinated with that, that I just started uh, an aspiration developed within me to want to be a good tarot reader. I really didn't have any illusion uh, towards um, becoming a psychic professionally. I just wanted to be a good tarot reader. And then I found... A few years later, that there was an opportunity um, that I was very synchronistic that occurred where I was able to start doing readings at a metaphysical bookstore. And um, and from there, I found that while I was doing the readings, I would see images in my mind and I would feel impressions that would relate to people that were... Uh, kind of startlingly accurate and it's like sometimes uncomfortably so um so I just jumped jumped into the deep end of the pool and I found when I started doing those tarot readings it had chosen me and I was doing about six to eight readings a day for um five to six days a week Um, so it was quite a quite an immersion and I really had to learn while I was on the job so to speak
0: so now when you work do you still use the cards to to ignite mm-hmm. your intuition or or is it just something that you just do now when you see someone right that you, you you know you sure. feel something and you express that and can you tell us a bit more how about I'm always interested about how that feels mm. is it mental images is it oh a sure bod- bodily sensation is it just mm-hmm. a hunch How how does it
1: Right, right. How as far as the as far as the cards in particular, the shiro cards,
0: more more when you're doing a reading. Oh, clairvoyance itself.
1: Sure, sure. Yeah,
0: because sure. the, the cards are just a, a, well, not just, but they they're kind of like a trigger, aren't they? They just
1: they like are a all. trigger. Mm. They are a trigger, and they're also their own symbolic language, though. So, mm. um, cardomancy is its own uh, beautiful uh, uh, field of study. But as far as the actual experience of performing a reading. It is very unique. It is a very different experience, uh, both for the reader and the person experiencing it. And at least from my perspective, the, the act of receiving guidance begins with listening for it. So there's a, a, what I call a magnetic state versus a, di- a dynamic state, which is to say being sensitive and receptive. And there's a lot of listening. Now, within that listening, also... Uh, what's termed clairsentience emerges and clairsentience is just a fancy French word for understanding that uh, guidance can arrive uh, without a package, without a conceptual framework. It's a knowing without knowing why you know, (laughs) or knowing how you know. So um, there's that clairsentient aspect for me. I often um, receive insights that I have no way of figuring out the logical effect or chain of a circumstance that would bring that information to me. But then I'm also in clairvoyant in the sense that I see images and little movies and metaphors and they become a language after time. And then there's always new images and metaphors to be interpreted instantaneously. So it's sort of like a psychic charades. I see images and I have to interpret them. I feel impressions. I see words. I write down little phrases and words. And that's essentially how, how, how uh, readings are performed
0: does it just happen or is it something you train in Uh, do you have any tools and techniques that you draw on or do you have a daily practice Mm. for someone who 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 is keen to develop their own internal intuition guidance what is there something you can suggest
1: sure absolutely well first of all as far as my own process um i there is a warm-up that i have before each reading um, and that usually entails a quieting aspect that we may term meditation. And I also work with a technology called HemiSync, which is a, an audio technology that essentially creates hemispheric synchronization or con- electrical connection between the hemispheres of the brain. And that's been proven to exponentially increase our receptivity and our perception. So when we speak about clairvoyance and psychic ability, we're really just talking about heightened, expanded perception and reception. So I'm, yes,
0: I'm glad you said that word expand there because it reminded me your your the title of your book. We're just going that in the minute expand your spiritual bandwidth. I like that. Thank you, I um, really appreciate we, that. Uh, we could just talk about that in a minute, but before that, sure. medical intuition. Now that really interests me um mm-hmm. medical intuitives how does that work do you look at someone and you see auras around their body or mm. or how yeah. does how does that work and is that sure do you that that i guess could be potentially risky isn't it because if you're diagnosing something and there's not a a doctor or whatever or it can right, maybe right. put the seed in someone's mind
1: mm-hmm. um
0: yes how does that work and how do you ensure that it doesn't become you know, dangerous and, and not helpful?
1: Sure, sure. That's another brilliant question. I know when
0: people tell me I look tired, even though I'm not tired, I suddenly feel tired.
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Absolutely. I remember that
0: once. I, was, I went somewhere and I dressed up beautifully. I was a bit stressed, but, you know, I thought I looked great and this 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 friend quotation mark said oh you look so tired and I thought <laughs> go away and You're all night right. that, that was it that was it I, <laughs> I I just saw the. I just felt tired so I'm just wondering the power of suggestion sometimes sure, when you sure. tell people how do you
1: the placebo effect yeah, all yeah, of yeah. that I'm a great um uh... A great believer in um, the power of the mind in the sense of suggestibility and um, in terms of what we what we accept and surrender to um, has tremendous power. So it's it's a very delicate undertaking, to be sure, Uh, in the sense of medical intuition is something that I didn't didn't aspire to uh, to assist people with. But I found that when I'd be in the middle of a reading, for instance, I remember seeing like washing machines, for instance, and I said, wow, that's interesting. And then it, it, the process works again to put a little finer point on it through, uh, contrary to what may be Im- imagined for folks, it's not intellectual or analytic. It's quite the contrary. It's really sensing and listening and um, a very organic process of feeling. So, that that sense of inner feeling brought me to understanding without analysis that hmm that feels like washing machines that would be physically connected to say the kidneys so then I said well oh okay are you having an issue with your kidneys and the person says yes um, and so if I like see a tree or or feel two trees that are you know emanating oxygen then that may be connected to a person's lungs now as far as the the whole scope of service around medical intuition, I treat it very delicate delicately and very conscientiously, or I aspire to, in the sense that I let people know that absolutely I'm not a doctor, I'm not a medical professional, and it's certainly no substitute for any kind of medical evaluation. At best, I think medical intuition can give people um, a reflection of their overall well-being and hopefully some specific aspects. That they can correlate with medical findings, but it's definitely not intended to be a substitute. Obviously, so what I do is I tell people, "Hey, this is what I'm seeing," and um, and you you feel it out, you weigh it with your own heart, but also check into it, have have your doctors weigh in on um, on on that perception, and I offer the guidance in a very uh, in from the heart in terms of. Wanting to support the person's well-being, but with the understanding that it's not intended to be diagnosis. See, diagnosis is really a separate thing. So, um, again, it's delicate. I I want my information to be accurate regarding a person's uh, health and health status, but it's really up to the individual to recognize the accuracy or lack thereof of the perceptions, and then to take that forward and to, um, and to have it uh, empirically. Uh, empirically examined by the professionals
0: fascinating and now i'd love you to talk about your book because i do no. really like that title thank you, you know, I'm
1: always, I, I, love, I so as, you appreciate know, I, that
0: so tell me I'm, I'm assuming in that you give hints and tips and guidelines as well and suggestions for how people can develop their own intuition that's correct ability.
1: that's correct there's before
0: there... that do you believe we all have those mm. and it's just a matter of nurturing it
1: i do i i believe that um people lar- are largely intuitive and much more intuitive than they give themselves credit for so a lot of times people are running right past their sensory impressions they are often living people often live as Uh, from the sense of being the human doing instead of the human being so my suggestion um, and it's also mentioned in expand your spiritual bandwidth is to to aspire and to set a course for yourself where you are doing from a place of being instead of being from a place of doing it's a it's a it's kind of a zen concept but uh that's that's an aspect to to consider now there's A strategy, the strategy number 10, is called becoming visionary. And that specific strategy speaks to cultivating intuition and cultivating this intuitive reflex. So expand your spiritual bandwidth is a series of empowering strategies that sync the spirit, mind, and body. So the spirit is is the central uh, aspect in the equation, but there's also the mind and body and the linkage between the two. And in expand your spiritual bandwidth, It's bookended by two chapters, one called Onward in the beginning and and Upward at the end. (laughs) And uh, it relates to those specific chapters shed light on and perspective on the spiritual path. So it's an overview of the path and how to be oriented on the spiritual path. And then the other strategies that are bookended within those two chapters relate to, for instance, it begins with delving into the methods and mechanics of mindfulness and in terms of what's called metacognition and uh that's a great place to start being aware of what we're aware about (laughs) because we can't solve problems we're not aware of so it starts with a chapter called minding the store and then moves on to aspects of cultivating what we call a compassion reflex and other aspects um, for instance in the intuitive arts i talk about psychic hygiene which is a really popular concept these days for when people feel like they're too empathic or they're too affected by um, toxic energy from the atmosphere or from bad news or from the collective hysteria, for instance. So yeah. there's a there's a great um, utility in understanding how to leverage one's intuition, but also how to leverage one's energy. So expand your spiritual bandwidth is, is based in sinking the mind and body and spirit in terms of empowerment and uh and it goes across the board in that way in terms of providing some insight on how to be empowered
0: it sounds like a seminar in in spiritual growth and evolution as well as a very practical book mm. so it sounds just like the kind of book that I I would love to write <laughs> if I oh, was more more psych, psychic I I'm 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 going to to that's check it out sweet. and I urge I'd love everyone listening to check it out too. Where can people get hold of it?
1: Well thank you sure sure um it's it's on Amazon. and uh, we also have it through our website charliecastex.com. We have signed copies through there maybe a little difficult to get them to the UK. Um, yeah. And, uh, Is it
0: available on um, uh, as an ebook?
1: It's yes. It's available uh, through Kindle, mm-hmm. Amazon Kindle. Oh, fantastic. So there's the electronic oh. version, absolutely. And uh, if I may add, uh, it's, it was so satisfying not only to write the book but to rewrite it with a view towards injecting a lot of humor because I find that Good. yeah, in the spiritual, you know, our our our, our genre um, and in the spiritual realm. I I feel like oftentimes there's just kind of like a a weighty seriousness that
0: oh I know is just it's just like when when you go to health food shops and everybody at the till looks so unwell and sometimes when you go to spiritual events you think come on spirituality is supposed to make you feel better come on smile excellent
1: point exactly <laughs> it's exactly right so you got it it's really it should be about joy these these strategies yeah. or any knowledge has to. Um, basically bear fruit it should empower you in in terms of feeling joy feeling bliss and there's um quite a lot that's that is said in expand your spiritual bandwidth about um how how to cultivate that because it's within us and that's really the the important takeaway what's the point we're we're not
0: enjoying it you're you're right have have a bit more fun and i think you know Mm -hmm. take a bit you know obviously we we live a serious life and serious things happen to us but you know, there is a place to, to, to be, to lighten up a bit. And I think when you get to the point when you can take yourself a little less seriously, oh. life does get a bit easier, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. That's, uh, that's everything. I certainly
0: found that when I realised, you know. everything, yes. It's, I was doing it's... A, an interview and I was just um, so serious doing it and I watched it back and it was unintentionally funny. It was at that point then I realised i needed to laugh more
1: <laughs> right right exactly it's yeah. like one of the largest uh bugaboos to or or hampering aspects to opening or expanding that intuitive self is just basically forgetting to feel your aliveness and, and not fully enjoying the dance so i'm right with you i think it's it's all about spirituality being experiential rather than theoretical and uh, it's so organic it's so innate it's so natural. Um, as I like to say, we often stand at the edge of the diving board and and overthink the swim. So it it, it all should feel great. It all should be empowering and fun. And um, so the humor aspect within the book often comes uh, in unexpected turns. And I think that's really refreshing. And It was really gratifying to to introduce uh, humor. I took a chance with it, but it's being so well received and people are feeling very refreshed and I bet it, we all, yeah.
0: We all want so it's to great. <laughs> I mean, I do think actually, in yeah. time, I got very cynical about some of the spiritual, the approach to spirituality that I was seeing around mm-hmm. me. I thought that com- comedians are actually doing the work of of spiritual healers and oh. teachers without realizing it, <laughs> you know, because you see, see an audience laughing. That's it.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm right with you on that. That we're kindred spirits in that respect. <laughs> I feel like the cosmic is largely comic. That's something I'm always saying to people.
0: great comedians are great observers aren't they of human nature and that's why they're so funny because they get they without realizing it they get to the soul the heart of of it don't they and that's why it's unintentionally Mm -hmm. that's why it is intentionally funny it is it is funny but anyway back to you you mentioned your website already could you mind would you mind mentioning again and and is this a place where people can connect to you and do you offer readings um, online, courses, and events? Could you just talk sure. a bit about that?
1: Sure, absolutely. So, my website is charleycastex.com. I spell Charlie uh, in the old world style, C H A R L E Y.
0: I got that wrong actually yeah. in the link I sent That's me- okay. So sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no worries. That's fine. That's that's no problem at all. So, charleycastex.com. And um, yes, through the site, we have. Um, we also have, we talked about expand your spiritual bandwidth. The other offering that I have is called The Power and Practice of Intuition, which is essentially a, a, a mini audio course um, encapsulated within either a CD or a digital download that teaches the strategies that I've been teaching in, in the intuitive awakening workshops uh, all over. Uh, all, uh, all over the place for over over 25 years now. Um, so that's available there as well. And yes, I do readings in person also through these days, um, of course, the Ubiquitous Zoom readings. And um, those are particularly sweet and, and very personal, especially for my folks I'm working with internationally, because you really it's about the, the best substitute for being in the office together. There's a really uh, a tangible sense of connection, a little bit more so than say a phone reading, but I do those as well, and I enjoy all three of them: the live readings, the phone readings, and the Zoom readings. It's, there's just a great dynamic um, within each of those little dimensions of uh, connection with people. It's very, very sweet. So, you know, absolutely uh, through Thank my, you. through my website. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you, because I, I've actually realised now doing this podcast is starting to become my therapy because oh, I have sweet. got kind of a bit of a grump about the spiritual world. And then I have oh. people on like you who actually make me remember why I'm doing what I'm doing. And <laughs> you know, reaffirm so my faith in the spiritual movement, wow. if you can call it a movement. and Because um, you seem very much like someone who would be wonderful to talk to who is utterly authentic and calming that's very important these days thank you and not doing it for your ego or your pocket but for the for the right reasons and we need more like you we need more Mm. charlie's thank (laughs) you so much Teresa. that's Um,
1: very very sweet and i take that to heart
0: thank you thank you so much and just before you go i just have a couple of questions i ask each guest as a way to get to know you better okay um um, and also to, to have something for them to take away, as well as visiting your website and hopefully reading your book. And, and, and uh, do you do talks online? Are you on YouTube? Have you gone into all that? Or, or I, I do have
1: a I have an emerging presence on on YouTube. I started um, when the Internet first started. I had videos on there. Um, I'm doing a little bit more. Um, of teaching formats through zoom these days of what i call the the guidance light line i have a private facebook group and i've been doing teaching through that Um, we do have a youtube channel that has a little bit it's mostly just the the interviews and different snippets like that but we're going to flesh it out in time and um, there will be more uh, available teachings online and perhaps some videos coming
0: well, that's great because I want each interview I do for people to go away and have a whole world to discover if they're, they're new to you and, you know, to, mm-hmm. to books and things to read and look at. But that's aside great. from every everything that you do, is there some f- film or movie or documentary that you would recommend to people to inspire or motivate them? Something that they can say, oh, Charlie Castax re- recommended this.
1: Wow. Well, that's quite a or question. Or a book,
0: or a book. I mean, it doesn't have to be. I mean, I I, I say visual sure. because a lot sure. of us, you know, when we're tired, we just sort of mm-hmm. want to watch Netflix. <laughs>
1: okay. Sure. Um, well, speaking of uh-huh, speaking of that, I can say um, recently on on Amazon, I read, I, I watched rather a show called Superhuman, and um, that was quite something. And it was investigating. Both the psi phenomenon um, and in the broader human potential, spiritually speaking. And I was just really blown away by, um, for instance, some of the studies they had done in Europe where um, there were whole schools of um, children that were being taught how to perceive when they were blindfolded. Um, they could even read books, if you can believe that, while they were blindfolded, or they could they took them through a grocery store when they're Complete, and this is again in, in a scientific setting, so it's not—it's not, it's not no? some kind of you know sensational. I haven't, I haven't
0: heard of that. Yeah. For, that what's it called? Super, Super?
1: Superhuman, I believe it's called. Um, is it
0: a one-off or a series?
1: It's—I think it's a one-off, and it's—it's uh, huh. it's quite yeah, it's really quite something. Um, and and so these these children um, were demonstrating incredible cognitive um, and and psychic perceptual. Uh, perceptual abilities and and so that was fantastic as well as the healing implications that are there in terms of mind over matter and different testing so that's that's something I, i watched very recently that i was inspired by um and also as far as books um I I love the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza. I'm actually an advanced student of his. People are usually surprised to hear that because I'm blessed to be a spiritual teacher myself. But I think that as as spiritual teachers, we all stand on the shoulders of giants. And um, I have several teachers. And I love Dr. Joe's um, recent book, Becoming Supernatural. I think it has just a gorgeous composite of Science and spirituality and the bridging between the two worlds. So Fantastic. it's really wonderful. And it's a lot of sound um, sound takeaway on um, self-regulation and uh, empowering oneself from the inside out.
0: Thank you. And you touched on music very early on in our So sure. I'm going to close with a question about music because okay. I agree with you. I, I think it's the language of the divine of heaven. Mm, um, I've always right. felt that. Um, um, adore music. I think it's where angels fly between the notes. I could go on. Oh, but, um, hello, yes.
1: <laughs> I,
0: I'd love to, in with season four, I'm like to create an orchestra with my guests. And I'm asking oh, each guest if they that's could a be a beautiful idea if they could be a musical instrument, it's just a way to get to know you better. Cause um, sure. um, if you could be a musical instrument, what would it be and why?
1: Okay, um, if I could be a musical instrument, what would it be and why? Um, so when you ask a, a professional musician that question, it has a lot, a lot of depth to it. I want to answer it properly. Um, It's funny to say, but I, I, in a sense, I think I'd like to be all instruments. Um, I'm kind of guided at the moment to to say a marimba. because what's that? Um, I
0: don't know what or that's Or Like, a, like oh. a
1: vibraphone, for instance. Um, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: marimba is like the wooden version. Oh, I hear you. Yeah,
0: hear you. a vi- okay.
1: vibraphone, or what's called vibes in the jazz combos. Um, Why? And the reason is because, well, I'm a professional percussionist. I also play guitar. Um, but I've been a pro drummer for close to 40 years and uh, teaching and performing and, and all doing drum clinics and all kinds of interesting things. And uh, as much as I love drum set percussion, um, I love melody and tone uh, that is specific pitches. So I would say that vibraphone would combine, I would imagine the best of the two because we have specific pitches like a piano, but it's a percussion instrument. And it also has an incredibly graceful, soulful, harmonic quality. It's very—the um, the frequencies uh, are very tangible, like a Tibetan bowl, for instance.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a beautiful answer and a beautiful instrument. Thank you Thank so you. so much for
1: my pleasure. A oh, harmonious
0: and inspiring interview, Charlie. I'm I'm delighted to have talked to you, and I hope everyone listening got as much comfort and inspiration and and curiosity as well to find out more that you you brought to this interview thank you well,
1: thank you Teresa it's a great pleasure
0: thank you from my heart for being here and walking beside me in spirit on white shores sensitive kind and compassionate souls like you who see beyond the material are needed more than ever today to help the world heal thank you to Clan Re for the blissful episode music And do check out the show notes for all details about this episode and my contact details. I'm going to say goodbye for now with a musical or literary offering, a piece of heaven for you to take away and store in your heart as you return refreshed to your one precious life. Until we meet again on these white shores, keep being amazing spiritual you, sending my eternal love and gratitude.